I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Pete Riggs. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Fantastic result last night over at the John Smith Stadium. The game last night finished Huddersfield Town 1, Wigan Athletic 2. If we cast our minds back to the Sunday podcast, uh, one of us picked 2-1 as the score. I'll hold my hand up, it was me, of course it was. And if you remember, I also said that Lange will score the, the last goal, which will be the winner. And I said, I'm not too sure about the first goal because I weren't getting them vibes. And obviously, the reason I didn't get the vibes were because it was a penalty. Anyway, the lottery numbers for this week, I'm going to keep them to myself. I don't want everybody winning. Right, while we're talking Talking about the goals, dead eye keen. He's electric from the penalty spot. Yeah, I can't argue with you there. He's been very reliable for that, hasn't he? It was an absolutely fantastic penalty. My heart was in my mouth. I thought he was gonna it was gonna hit the bar or go over or something, but it was right in the top of the goal, wasn't it? There's nobody stopping that. And the penalty award itself, one thing to mention here, Jeremy Simpson, who was the referee last night, it's the first time we've won an away game with him being in charge. So we've broken the duck there. We tend to break quite a few ducks. And also that gives us of the last eight visits to Huddersfield, we still only lost one. So that was that was another good start that came out of the game. Mm-hmm. But of the two penalties, because I think we should have had two penalties last night. For me, that was the least likely penalty to give because I thought he got a little bit of the ball when he when he came across Mbetti, his name, weren't it, the defender? Mbetti. Yeah. I mean, it was a strange challenge. I do think he got a little bit of the ball. I have to hold my hand up and say I'm not clear about the laws there in, in respect of if you... I mean, clearly, if you get if, if you get the ball, you're still not allowed to clean a player out. <laughs> Whether that was counted as that or not, I don't know. When first glance, I thought it was penalty all day long. No, no question about it. But yeah, you're right on the replay. It did show he touched the ball. Well, I have to disagree with you about the second one. I didn't I didn't think that was a penalty, but neither did I think it was a dive. Listeners, Barry's got his... His, <laughs> his jaws just hit the floor. It clattered into, into Lang, and Lang was... All right, he, made, he might have made the most of it, but I don't think he did really. When you watch that replay again, if somebody's going to hit you, like, like he clattered into him, you're going on the floor, especially if you've got momentum going forward. It was a penalty. It was a penalty. Whether it was a penalty or not, the first one was given. Whether it was a penalty or not, Lange got booked. So so we can forget that. Kino dispatched it with a plomb, like he always does. Into the second half, we came out again. First of all, though, before we get into this, what about the team selection last night? On last week's mm. podcast, we also we can guess what the team selection yeah, was going to yeah, be. Yeah, we, we got that wrong, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Certainly in terms of the, the personnel that were picked, it seemed to be a more attacking lineup, didn't it? Because Shinny tends to be more forward-thinking than, than Naylor, perhaps. Perhaps. And Asgard clearly is as well, although he certainly does his share of defensive work. But he sets us up nicely for for an attacking performance, and I think, and I think we got that, especially in the first half. But it was a very, very open game, wasn't it? There was so much space. Both both defenses very deep, and both trying to play a high press, which only works on the on the front line, doesn't it? Because there's so much space behind you that it's, it's quite easy to to bypass that that first line of the press. So the, the the ball moved to and fro pretty quickly, for certainly for, for large parts of the game. To be quite honest, I thought it was a very enjoyable game to watch, even if uh, I was quite nervous a lot of the time. Yeah, they're, they're, they are rubbish, though. I'll, I'll say that about other field time. They are awful. Do you look at the chances they missed? That that one of uh, Danny Ward, who I picked out, is the danger man. Open goal, if he let it, if he let it roll another couple of feet instead of stretching for yeah. it, it was a tap-in. 
for somebody else, and they missed another chance, a couple of chances in the second half where they were blazing over from four yards mm. out. They're, they're rubbish. They are rubbish. What a rubbish mm. team. So, yeah. anyway. Do you want to pour a bit of cold water on, on the enthusiasm about Because it's a fantastic result, no question about it. But clearly, when you look at those two sitters that they missed, that is a result, I think. Although I think we were the better team, the result itself could have gone either way. So it I could. don't think we should get... We, I don't think we should get... Oh, too overexcited about being in eighth place, although that's, like that, that's probably going to change anyway. All our victories up to now have been by one goal. The others have been draws and a heavy defeat. So we're making progress, but yeah, let's not get carried away for the time. No, well, I, I, I'm not going to carry it away, but by the same token, I think we could have scored another two or three ourselves. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jack Watmore at the post into and her goal, which was what I was going to come to, scored by Lees, that came from, they crossed the ball into the box and Lees was down on the floor and Jones leapt up and, and caught it and the referee blew a millionth of a second before Jonesy caught it. So Lees has his treatment and then he does a drop ball, but he drops it for Uddersfield from where they crossed it. Now, why on earth did he do that? So they cross it, it comes out, it goes back in again, and they score. So it was in that passage of play there. I thought that was a mistake of the referees, though, because Jonesy was claiming that ball. He blew after he'd taken the cross. So for me, he should have let it play out. Unless you're claiming head injury, why why are you blowing when the ball's being crossed in anyway? But it was an head injury. Yeah, but I mean, unless it's there's head injury and there's head injury, isn't there? There's yeah, it was an head, head injury. injury. Get somebody on quick, and there's head injury of like, oh, he's had a bit of a bump and he's playing on it. They were attacking Paul, and he was still lied. Paul axed on the floor without moving. It was an head injury. He should have blown immediately. I'll just let Jonesy catch it, and because uh, that's what I thought they were going to do. I thought he was just going to drop the ball for Jones. He took it out wide right and let them take the free, kick, uh, like more or less a free, a free mm. crossing. Anyway, getting worked up again though about referees. <laughs> so strange. So he scored on seventy-eight minute Lees. We had already already mentioned that Watmore had hit the post. It did look easier to score Jack Watmore, didn't it? He had a fair bit of the goal to aim at with his header. He was right on the back post, wasn't he? Quite know how he missed that, really. Got no, to give well, credit to Lee Nichols for the for our second goal, though, haven't you? Yeah, well, we'll come to that now. So, they score on 78, and then uh, that man Lang, well, that man James McLean, to be honest with you, gets the ball down the left-hand side, having a bit of abuse from, from the side, knocks the ball into the centre, Langy swivels, bang in the back of the net. Thank you, Agent Nettles, what, a, what an awful <laughs> display that was! It was, wasn't it? It, it, it was. His positioning was absolutely terrible, wasn't it? No idea what was going through his head there at all. He tried to dribble the ball out at one point as well, didn't he? That's one we should have scored from because he, he, he just gave it to us on the edge of the area, didn't he? More or less, should have chalked that one up. That should have been in the back of the net. I think that fell to Tello, didn't it? I think he hit that one high and wide, didn't he? Talking to Tello, I thought he had a. Cracking game last night. His shooting was a little bit off. A couple of chances he had, didn't he, where you'd have thought he might have buried them. But overall, I thought he he played really well. And every time he was on the ball, they were trying to trying to look like they were trying to break his legs the way they were going through him. I thought it was quite a mature performance because he, as I said before, he was doing his defensive work. He wasn't afraid of the challenges that were coming in. And I think he went a bit quieter in the second half. But he was the one who laid the ball for Jay McLean. Second goal, you know, he was. He was doing what he was supposed to do. And I think Liam will be very, very pleased with his performance. Talking about mature performances, James McLean, 
I mean, there's a lot of focus on him, weren't there? Yeah. We don't need to go into to the reasons why, but I thought he was... I was so proud of him, to be honest, yesterday. Everything about before the match was brilliant, the way he conducted himself, and then during the game, under scrutiny, fantastic again from, from him. Some of the press coverage of mm. him, he's standing... You know, he doesn't have his arm around Alavazgaard in the, in the lineup. I mean, so what? He's got his armband on, he's got his head bowed. Probably he's had to wrestle with his beliefs quite a bit. And I think he's I think he's done really, really well to put in well to, to appear in the first place, to take part and then put put in that performance despite that that once again that level of abuse. I don't I don't know how it's I know he doesn't want to make a big thing out of it. But surely the authorities have got to step in regardless of that and, and, and do something about it. It's, it seems to be getting worse every match. The stats from the game, we had 42% possession. Huddersfield had 17 shots with six on target. We had 12 with five. Corners were in our favour, uh, five to four in our favour. Fouls, Huddersfield committed 12. They're nasty. They're very nasty. We only committed 10, but we still got two bookings. They had two bookings as well. Lang and Shinner. And the attendance was 17,931 with just over 1,500 from Wigan travelling over the Big Hill. Man of the Match has voted for by the listeners to the podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. Latics midfielder, Graham Shinner. And he won by nine votes from Callum Lang. So it was very close between the two of them. I thought they both had really good games yesterday. Yeah, so well yeah. done, Graham Shinner. That's the third time in four weeks he's won the man of the match. He could quickly turn it into a fan's favourite, would you say? Seems to be getting better with every game. You know, I said it two or three weeks back. I think the midfield will change because, I mean, you couldn't even look past power and nail up. But I think Shinny and if we can get him fit, I think Jordan Cousins, we'll see what pans out. You're beginning to see with him why Dialby fans rated him so high, highly where the, where the Shiniesta nickname comes from. Right, we're turning our attention to Saturday's game at the DW Stadium. Reading are in town, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Matt from the Elm Park Royals podcast. How are you doing? Not too bad, Barry. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Let our, our listeners know a little bit about your podcast, please, and where they can find it. We're on Twitter, just at EPR, the Elm Park Royals podcast. I mean, we've been going for since 2017 now. We've been doing podcasts. We do preview podcasts, um, post-match podcasts. We do fun podcast game shows interviews with kind of just everyone in and around the club really so it's just good really to to get different voices on get different opinions and uh, yeah so you can find us on twitter on facebook all the streaming platforms as well the start of the season when i was picking my teams for relegation and i don't like saying this matt while you're sat here <laughs> but i had reading in there i'll be honest with you you surprised me because you're third has it surprised you i think it surprised everyone myself included i think all the reading fan base included because i think realistically certainly my view coming into the season was just survival stay up somehow by hook or by crook we just need to get to 21st place and to be honest if you give me 21st place right now I'd still be very happy because I don't think you're alone in putting Reading in the uh, in their relegation predictions so I think like I say many Reading fans really had us down there as well it has been surprising surprising for a couple of reasons I think because for all of his criticisms in the past I think Paul Lintz has instilled actually almost like a togetherness within the within the players that stayed um i mean to be honest at the end of last season we had eight players left in contract and two of them were Liam Moore and George Puskas who basically outed by the club anyway so we only really had six players in contract which is a weird thing to say that a manager has then been able to instill some confidence when he's been left with that many players um obviously we re-signed a couple and i mean everything else has been made up of free transfers and and loans. I mean, I think the hope is that most Reading fans hope that we've got players that got points to prove, you know, and want to kind of make their name a little bit kind of 
not quite to the same extent, but back in 05-06, when obviously Steve Koppel famously had a team of no player that had been in the Premier League and all had a point to prove, you know, kind of that sort of mentality. But yeah, it's 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 been surprising. I, I don't really think anyone, myself included, or any Reading fan would have predicted that we would have started third, been third after, was it eight games we've had as as, as, as it stands? Um, long, long may it continue. I think every Reading fan's just loving it whilst it lasts, to be honest, because I don't think many Reading fans are last, expecting it to last for much longer, I'll brutally honest. Paul Lins, is he the man for the longevity or do you think he's just <laughs> short term? This question divides a lot of opinion within Reading fans because I think as much as I think Reading fans are growing to like Paul Lintz and love Paul Lintz because he's coming out saying the right things he's actually forced change within the club over the summer as well which was much much needed stuff behind the scenes has been changed agents that be, were running the club ousted and actually having a structure in the club I do kind of feel he will only be able to take us so far, I think, because I think there's there's a certain thing that managers need to have about them tactical, tactically or tactical awareness wise and kind of game management wise, which he's never had in the past. He's It's got better so far this season, but I think after eight games to say he'd probably be the person for the long term, I think would be a bit naive in all honesty. Of course, if he does well, it probably means Reading does well, you know, to caveat that, which obviously I hope it does. I could almost see him surviving this season if we step this season doing probably six, eight months longer and then he'll probably be be either sacked or moved on or certainly I, I don't think he's probably going to be the one to get us challenging towards top six hope I'm wrong Sam will tell had that great start it, it gives you something to build on for the rest of the season which is, is the main yes. thing I mean I'd sooner be in your position than, than like Huddersfield on, on yes. four points you know so <laughs> or kind of where everyone I think expected us to be after <laughs> eight games <laughs> yeah one of your players stands out to me Lucas Joe been around a bit it was Sheffield Wednesday Blackburn as well was, and I know we've been interested in, in the past we've made inquiries about him uh, and he started the season off quite well tell us a little bit about him and how he fits into your team And if- Lucas Joe again when I talk about controversial figures within within a fan base. I think Lucas Yao kind of molds into he's, he's actually got three goals so far this season. He got one on his on 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 his first game back after about eight minutes, and then two against Stoke the other week. As a striker, statistically, Reading haven't had a better striker since the turn of the century. When you look at him, you look at his goal record for us. He's pretty much scoring one in two, which is unbelievable for a striker. The problems then come with Lucas Yao with his injury record. He's literally made of glass, you know, and will miss long long spells of of seasons with injury like he did last season like he did in his first season with us he only really had two seasons ago when he had I think about 38 or 39 games that year when you've got a player that's constantly injury prone and you think well he can score the goals but how often is he going to be on the pitch to score those goals you start weighing up obviously the value of him and then there's his work rate which was infamous obviously at Sheffield Wednesday Wednesday fans were saying he can be one hell of a player, but he just never wants to be that player. You see that all the time at Reading when we got battered 4-0 at Sheffield United a couple of weeks back. The fan base were just incensed at his performance because you had Tom Ince and Shane Long running his running their socks off trying to close down and Lucas Shaw just walking about. He's not a player that if you have a big centre-back who gets on his back and gets into him, He's not one to really fight back. He'll try and go down and win silly fouls that he will never win, you know, which is frustrating for an away fan to watch and also frustrating for a Reading fan to watch because you think just be strong back into a player. You kind of have those two elements with him. And like I said, after the Sheffield United game, so many Reading fans, I think, were almost getting to a point where they didn't want Shell to start anymore, which is which is crazy when I think about it. When when he's a player that scores one in two for us and like, like I say, for a goal scorer, we've not had better, you know, and I'm talking about goal scorers like Jamie Curitan, Kevin Doyle, Dave Kitson, you know, 
Lafondra to be better than those from a Reading perspective, you know, it is, and to still be criticised and, you know, fans saying, should he be in the team? Should he not be in the team? He should be the first player on the team sheet in reality. But um, it's just those elements to it. I, I still think he's he's the main man, though, because he has that bit of magic. He's He can turn a game. He can make a goal out of nothing, score one from 25 yards, tap one in from, from, from eight yards. He's one of those players you just got to take the rough the rough with the green really so and your new signings who's in pressure new signing probably bring out a couple because one officially is a new signing but isn't quite because he was on loan at the end of last season was Tom in obviously came in just before his dad came in and got a lot of stick from Reading fans obviously quite early on because it was like oh daddy's boy why, why does Paul Ince always play Tom Ince you know but to be fair to him when I talk about players that come in and have surprised I don't think anyone is surprised more more than him because it's not just what he actually does on the ball, his work rate. I mean, Reading fans are saying that they've never seen a player run like, you know, the likes of Tom Edson. You know, we've had people like Stephen Hunt and, you know, James Harper and that who used to run till they just couldn't run anymore. When I think of a player that would have been the complete opposite to that would have been Tom Ince because, you know, he had his stints at Huddersfield and uh, Stoke uh, castrated by those fans. You know, they hated him for, for the reasons that, you know, he doesn't work, plays when he wants to. But since he's come in, he's been second to none. And it's probably one to watch, obviously, when, when, when we come up to your place just to see his work rate and that. But if I was probably going to flag another one, probably Tyrese Fauna in the midfield as well scored a cracking goal against Middlesbrough um, a few weeks back and he's one who had a quiet start at the start of the season he's come on loan from us from from Forest last year was at Shrewsbury so it's first time in the championship for him and it seemed to take him three four games to really get up to speed to the championship and a few fans after a couple of games were thinking is he quite what, what what's needed is, is he going to be able to make this step up I mean since, since those first first few games he's he's taken to, to the championship like a duck to water and he's on the ball fantastic got a great touch with him sometimes like to pass back more than he likes to pass forward but he seems to do the simple stuff really well which is always nice to see as a fan and uh, another one that just doesn't stop running um, and it's a bit of a kind of a, a hallmark of this team at the moment about just that we won't have the quality of you know a Burnley or a Norwich but what they don't have in quality hopefully you know they have in work rate and that's one thing we've seen so far with this team yeah sounds like us a bit that yeah what do you make of us this season do you think we're gonna gonna stay up to be honest when when, when we were doing our predictions pre-season I thought Wigan were probably one of the ones that were going to struggle but going to be just above that kind of relegation zone because to be honest I think I had uh, it was Rotherham Birmingham and I remember who the other one was but you scored a heck of a lot of goals last year didn't you I think in the league one it's not quite continued but I think that's only natural but I mean the start you guys have had with five five draws I think only lost once as a fan coming up that it's it's a solid start you know I think like with Reading fans I think really all we can really would want this season is just stability get up stay up become stable again in the championship and you know become you know like like you were a few few years back you know just stable in the championship probably slightly more surprised with where you are just because of the how how few losses you guys have had but I mean players that you've got you know the likes of Will Keane and that you know good good there's good players in there so um it'll be interesting to see how it goes over over the full season with you guys I think I'll take survival (laughs) that'd be brilliant to be honest I'd like a little bit of mid-table mediocrity and we're nothing to fess about (laughs) yeah what a season that'd be you know nothing no worries either end can you give us a prediction for Saturday Matt I'm probably going to be slightly wary of the fact that I'm going up and I'm on an 18 run winless streak north of Stoke so any Wigan fans listening if you do win you could probably thank me for for that for actually attending this game Um, (laughs) I'd 
probably I'd probably say 1-1 one, one. I'm going to go a bit boring on it I think I'd love to say that we could get a win obviously we've got Sunderland midweek if we can beat Sunderland and get a point away at you guys a point away from home is always a good point and especially at a team like yourself you know who's proving really hard to beat so far this year you know you don't just lose one game out of eight for no reason so um, yeah if, if you give me 1-1 one, one, I'd be, be pretty happy with that I think It's been fantastic chatting this afternoon and Pleasure. I'd like to Wish you a safe trip up. Hope you don't enjoy the game too much and a safe journey back home. Thank you, Barry. Is Paul Ince the manager for the long haul? No, he absolutely is not. He's had six jobs before he went to Reading. He's not done 12 months at any of them. He'll be lucky to survive till Christmas. He will beat them and that'll be the bubble burst and then Ince will be gone by Christmas. So there you go. How's that for a definitive prediction? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting listening to, to what Matt had to say because yeah, they're, they're the surprise package of the season so far. And you, you very often get this at the beginning of the season that there's somebody up at the top. I think Barnsley were a couple of years ago and and, and whoever's a surprise team t- tends to tends to drop like a stone. Okay, I'm not saying that they absolutely will do. From what he said, that all the, their players are working hard. I think you said to him, Barry, that it sounds very similar to to us. We might still have a hard game there, and and that's yeah. I wouldn't like to uh, to underestimate them. And we are at home. We've not won at home yet, so let's hope this is gonna. Let's hope this is gonna change that. One thing I liked about what Matt said was on the last eighteen times he's been north of Stoke, they've not won a game. So <laughs> we'll have some of that, Matt. Thank you very much. The referee will be David Webb from County Durham. He is a select group two referee, been in the EFL since 2008. He's had 16 previous Latics games. We've had a good record with David Webb in charge. Of the 16 matches that he's taken, we've won nine, drawn four and lost just the three. And a card watch for him this season is taking charge of seven games, four of which were in the championship. He's issued 18 yellows, no reds and he's awarded no penalties. The last time David Webb refereed a Wigan Athletic fixture was a goalless draw away at Barnsley. During the lockdown, Latics defender Danny Fox being missed for, well, nothing, really, while Anthony Robinson only received the yellow for his Jackie Chan impression. David Webb, who is your referee, on Saturday. Previously, we've played Reading 48 times which I think probably makes it one of the teams that we've played against most since coming in the Football League. We've won 19 of those, uh, lost 18, and there have been 11 draws, so very even between us. The very first meeting came way back in 1978, 26th of August, which was only our third game in the Football League, and uh, away at Elm Park, and a 2-0 defeat. But by the time the reverse feature came around, as early as November at home at Springfield Park, we found our feet, and two Peter Horton goals, and an old Ward header gave Latics a resounding 3-0 win in front of 5,858 fans. Our last meeting came away at the Majeski Stadium on the 26th of February 2020. A 3-0 away win with a spectacular Kiefer Moore backheel goal, followed by Jamal Lowe and Michael Jacob efforts to avenge the 3-1 defeat at the DW at the end of November. Memorable games. The one I think that must stand out for most people, the match that took the roof off, the match that got a promotion to the Premier League in 2005. 3-1 home victory against Reading on the last day of the season. What a day. To, to think that it's 17 years ago now is just astounding. That That's the one I think that'll stay in my memory for, well, probably, I hope forever. 
the one I've got was a 3-2 home win. It started out with, I'll keep his name reasonably obscure, Steve, who sits behind us. Started off with him saying, Jordi Gomez was rubbish. And throughout the game, Gomez scored at trick. As the third goal went in, he kind of just waved at us and went, all right, fair enough, lads. You've got a point. And conceded at that point. But yeah, it was the slow change of his attitude from his rubbish to, yeah, all right, I've gone. You don't, I don't need telling. I'm going home. My bad in memory of Reading. Pete, it's just the same as yours. The, the promotion one, everything about that day was just brilliant. Jason Roberts scoring the, the goal with his broken leg that nobody knew about until afterwards. I thought it was fitting as well that Nathan Ellison got the third goal. But they were chasing a playoff spot as well, weren't they? Steve Sidman wow. scored a consolation goal yeah. for them. They came yeah. up the season after. They had a great season the following season. Predictions then for the game. I think Liam Richardson's got a bit of an edit this week because who does he leave out? Who does he put in? Does he change mm. the formation? I've not a clue. I've not a clue what's going to happen. Our own form isn't the best. It's time we had a, a win. And I think we're going yeah. to get it on Saturday. I don't think mm-hmm. Reading travel that well. I think they've, they've two, two, three, three goal bashings already this season away from home. I'm going to go for another two-one. We seem to like that scoreline, so I'm going. We're going Athletic two, Reading one. Well, as I said earlier, Collins is rubbish. The bubble's going to burst, and we'll put goals past them. So I'm going to go with three-one. I'll go with I'll go with the score. I thought it was going to be last night and two-nil. I, th- I think, like you said, Barry, I think now now is the time to, to break the duck at home and uh, yeah, get three points on the board. Adam sent a message in saying thank you to everybody who's been donating and for all his, his well wishes. There's uh, a possibility he might be back on Sunday. We'll just see how he is. But we'll be back on Sunday with all the reaction to the Reading game. Until uh, Sunday, it's a goodbye from me and up the ticks. Up the ticks. Up the ticks.